Hey everyone, I'm Kyla. Welcome to my channel where we talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. This is the Everything That You Need to Know series, a series of different primaries where I break down everything that you need to know about the stock market, the economy, and the crypto market. Today, we're getting right into it. So there was a new Fed chair, well, an old Fed chair, reappointed today to the Fed chair position. President Biden has selected Jerome Powell to be the chair of the Federal Reserve for the next four years. So Jerome Powell was um, appointed to be chair, and then Brainerd has been appointed to be vice chair. He still has to pass through Congress and get all the votes in order to actually be Become Fed chair, but we're going to talk about what that means, what happened today, all the events leading up to this, and what it means for the market. I'm going to start with a brief overview on what the Fed is, but with that being said, I do have an in-depth video around exactly what the FOMC is and how they do everything. So. What exactly does the Fed do? Why is why is this Federal Reserve a big deal? So the Fed has their dual mandate. They have price stability and they have maximum employment. So price stability is what we think of as inflation, decline in purchasing power, and maximum employment. So that's going to be inclusion and diversity within the labor markets. It used to be full employment, but they've expanded it to this idea of maximum employment, more amplified job market. The Fed achieves these two goals through a couple of different ways. So they do open market operations, which are buying and selling U.S. Treasury securities on the open market. This is how they manage the federal funds rate. So that's the interest rate at which depository institutions lend reserve balances overnight. Essentially, you can think of this as a big nudge nudge. So they're going to nudge rates through open market operations and they are going to nudge the banks through the Fed funds rate. And so essentially the Fed has these two options of doing either expansionary or contractionary monetary policy. Contractionary monetary policy, for example, with open market operations would be selling treasuries in order to pull money out of the system. Money gets tight, interest rates drift upwards, consumers pull back on spending, businesses pull back on growth. Expansionary open market operations would be buying treasuries in order to put cash into the banks. That puts pressures on the banks in order to lend that money out to consumers and businesses. Consumers are able to buy more, to spend more money, etc. Contractionary monetary policy would be how do we get people to spend less. Expansionary monetary policy would be how do we get people to spend more. That's what the Fed does <laughs> essentially is they, they kind of nudge things around in order for it to get to where they want it to go. And they can also do open market operations are going to be what we think about with regards to the Fed funds rate. So the Fed funds rate is kind of how we think about the Fed raising or lowering interest rates. So that's what people talk about when they're like, oh, the Fed's going to hike the Fed funds rate. And that's how you can think of that in the contractionary or expansionary. And then also the Fed has done asset purchases because of the coronavirus pandemic. They're going to pull back on those moving forward as well. So that's kind of what the Fed does from day to day. Obviously, they do a whole lot more, but that's a really brief overview. Recommend that you go check out my other video if you want to have a more in-depth overview of what they do. They do all this stuff. The goal to maximize this dual mandate of price stability and maximum employment. And obviously, it's super, super hard to balance both of those things. What was the situation that was just happening? <laughs> so it was Jerome Powell and Brainerd, who is an, another member of the Federal Reserve. They were both up for chair at the Fed, and Biden was choosing between the two of them. And it sort of got a little bit funny because a lot of different things. So Brainerd, her, her whole thing was that the labor market is not where she thinks it should be, that a lot of this inflation from the pandemic is probably going to be transitory, and that it's going to go away once supply chains ease. Jerome Powell has a relatively similar stance, has been responsive to the idea of tapering because of the increased worries about inflation, but he's repeatedly said that the labor market is not where he thinks it should be. So they have a pretty similar stance. Right now, the Fed is in a really funny spot because they can't really overreact by raising rates and cooling down the economy 
if this supply chain inflation that we're seeing is sort of the main driver of inflation, because hypothetically, those supply chains are going to repair themselves over time. Consumers are going to stop demanding so much goods eventually, probably once we get out of the other side of the holiday season, then we're sort of in a weird spot. Because if you have higher rates and you have the labor market not being responsive and not being ready for a more contractionary environment, that could put even more pressure on businesses who are trying to hire workers, who are trying to do things. So it would just make things a little bit tighter across the board, which would be very, very bad and could send us into an economic downturn. It's this very delicate balance of how much of this inflation that we're seeing is transitory versus non-transitory. Brainerd was more likely to say that the inflation was transitory and thus she was going to be less likely to raise rates. And so the market saw her as a more dovish individual, so meaning that she's going to be a little bit more lax with monetary policy, whereas Jerome Powell has clearly been like, all right, we're going to get this, we're going to get this ball rolling. That was really the biggest difference between them. What I was talking about on Friday, like having continuity during a crisis is a really important thing. The question is, are we still in a crisis? And arguably, yes, we still are. We aren't out of the woods on a lot of this stuff. And so everyone was like, oh, it would make sense to have Powell because, you know, he, he did a really good job during the pandemic and he's been very, very non-political. He's really made friends on both sides of the aisle, which is the game that you have to play in politics. He's done a good job, like being sort of this independent figure that he's supposed to be. Elizabeth Warren came out and was like, Powell is a dangerous man because Powell was supportive of easing back on regulations for banks. Because remember, Powell was appointed by Trump. Powell is a little bit conservative. Getting into the minutia of the matter, you have Biden trying to pass his Build Back Better bill. Democrats are like, hey, Powell is not doing what exactly he needs to be doing around climate change. That's a little bit interesting as well because the Fed, they can support different green initiatives. I'm a huge supporter of climate change initiatives, very, very much care about the earth. That's something that I talk a lot about on the channel, but to, to sort of like put that onus onto the Fed is tough. That's not something that they should maybe be worrying about 100%. They should be worrying about systemic risks, which I would argue climate change is, but they have this dual mandate already of price stability and jobs. Maybe that's something that's going to have to happen. And the White House has come out and said, yes, we are going to pay attention to climate change. This is going to be something that the Fed is going to, to work on. The reason that it's a little bit sticky right now is because Warren and these other Democrats came out and they were like, hey, no, we want um, Brainerd because she's supportive on climate change. And that gets a little bit funny because that would politicize Brainerd. There would be the knowledge that this certain sub-segment of politicians are supportive of Brainerd. And if a certain sub-segment of politicians are supportive of Brainerd, you'd have to imagine that the other sub-segments are going to not like that because that's how American politics work. It's bipartisan. Powell is much more of a neutral party. And then also Brainerd is a little bit more outspoken around CBDCs, whereas Powell is like, I don't know what's going on there. I still haven't seen their white paper. Very much looking forward to it, Jerome Powell, whenever you're ready. Also, she is a little bit tighter on regulation, so she's going to be like, banks, you've got to chill out. you got to stop doing what you do to consumers sort of deal, whereas Powell is a, bit, a little bit more relaxed with that kind of stuff. That's really the biggest difference between the two of them is Brainerd was a little bit more quote-unquote progressive around climate change, around CBDCs, around regulation. So th that's the biggest thing is crypto, climate, and regulation. So Brainerd is going to be up there with him, and that was definitely Biden being like, okay, like I'll give you this. And Brainerd is interesting because she 
is more dovish. She's really worried about the labor market. And also on top of that, there's now three more seats for Biden to fill because um, the insider trading scandal that happened in the Fed with Rosengren and Kaplan, those guys were trading on probably insider information. So they got booted or they retired early. We know how it goes. Remember, there's only you know 12 seats. That could be very, very interesting to see how those get filled. Are those going to be more conservative policymakers? Are those going to be more dovish policymakers? Are they going to be like, we can't ever have rates raised again sort of situation? There's a really good podcast with Joseph Wang on Odd Lots that I'll link in the show notes and also in the notes from this. I always have a Notion document that outlines all my notes for everything. So I'll link that in there as well. But that kind of talks about the structure within the Fed. Highly recommend that you listen to that just to get an inside look at how all this happens. That's what the Fed was. This is what happened. And now what's going to happen next is the Fed is going to have their meeting December 16th after the day where the debt ceiling comes due, uh, which will be December 15th, which will be really interesting. Will we still have a government? So the Fed is going to talk about their plan moving forward on December 16th, and they are currently shrinking back their bond purchase stimulus program by $15 billion every month. They're probably going to have to shrink that down even more. And also the big question will be, when are they expecting to raise rates? So will it be late 2022? A lot of people are thinking it's July of 2022. Will we see like Q1 2022, that pace of tapering is going to determine a lot of how the market will respond and a lot of how we could think about this stuff moving forward. Um, a lot of the governors have come out and been like, we want to taper fast. Clarida wants to end asset purchase entirely. Waller wants to taper faster. A lot of the people at the Fed are like, it's time to taper. We'll see what they end up deciding with regards to that. The main takeaway is probably like continuity during a crisis is a good thing. It is probably a good thing that Powell got selected just from political perspective because it would have been and heat within the within the chambers if, if if you know they were trying to appoint Brainerd it's just how it is but Powell is a little bit less div- divisive than than Brainerd is so that's probably why it's a good thing. Another interesting thing with regards to inflation is the United States is preparing to release oil from its reserve with other countries. So the big question is, will that help, inf- help inflation? If that helps inflation, should we think about raising rates a little bit differently? Should we think about monetary policy a little bit differently? What happens if they do raise rates? Basically, right now, everything is just kind of the same for the foreseeable future. If the Fed raises rates, banks are going to do well because of higher rates because, you know, more money, more money, <laughs> get that interest rate. And growth is going to hurt because rate hikes oftentimes put pressure on value valuations, present value cash flow situation is just not as hot. It's not looking as good. I mean, that's the biggest thing is like, if they do end up raising rates, banks and other like stickier companies are going to do well. Growth is going to hurt because that hurts valuations. The biggest thing to take away is that the Fed is probably going to start tapering soon and they're going to have to respond to different stimulants. They're going to have to respond to pressure from politicians and sort of what does monetary policy mean? Even if we raise rates from, is that going to have a big impact on inflation? Does it even matter if, if it's incrementally that low? If they start pulling back completely on asset purchases, does that sort of take the floor out from underneath the market or, or company valuation is going to be fine. Company fundamentals going to carry stuff through. How is crypto going to be regulated? When you think about monetary policy, don't think about a printer. Think about all that other stuff. Like think about it's supposed to be just to be the economy, not the stock market. But think about like the impact on the stock market. Think about the labor market. Think about when you go to the store and you look at food prices, fill up your tank. All that stuff is influenced theoretically by monetary policy. So that's the most important thing to consider. We'll be back tomorrow with Ben and we're going to be talking about geopolitics. We're going to be talking about oil. Good. That's the main deal. And thanks so much for hanging out with me. Thanks so much for spending time with me and I will talk to you soon. Bye.